Greetings and welcome to another episode of Stamper Cinema, the podcast where the guest and not the host chooses the film we talk about. And in this particular episode, and oh yeah, by the way, my name is Andrew. I am your host. This week, I I'm, I'm, I really don't even know where to begin. I, I guess simply for the fact that the guests that we have in store for you this week, I haven't actually spoken to in 20 years. That's right. We're going back to put yourself like in the way back machine, like back to once upon a time when I was in the United States Navy and the guests that I've got, if memory serves, was my very, very first like immediate supervisor in the Navy. This is going to be fun. And the film that we're going to talk about, I'm going to let him introduce it. But in many ways, I owe him a lot of credit because of the fact that he sold me before this movie even came out. He sold me on the fact that this was going to be a good movie. And furthermore, because of that argument, I actually went back and read these books I had never even read them before. I knew I knew I knew about them, but I didn't ever actually read them. But like the the nerd factor that he sold me on this on the series, I was like, all right, well, I, I guess I got to do it. So it is my extreme honor to introduce to the show a first timer for Stamper Cinema, Mister. Bradley D. Fuller, as I recall. And in fact, I I got like a steel trap memory. Is it is it like Diaz and Daniel? Is that right? It is, but we can just <laughs> hey. go Brad. We can just go Brad. All right. We're, <laughs> gonna, we're, we're gonna talk to Brad. Hey Brad, how's it going, man? It's great. How you doing? I'm doing well. I am so pleased that you actually read the the books now. I was wondering how this conversation was gonna go if I was gonna be the nerd who kept referring to the books while you had only seen the movies. So that's awesome. And I don't remember pushing it that much back then, but apparently I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, do we even say what we're talking about? Well, no, I, I leave this to the guest. So you get to introduce the film that we're talking about. Well, we are talking about the first Lord of the Rings movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, my favorite of the trilogy. Is it your favorite? It is my favorite of the trilogy. Yes. Whew. All right. I mean, there's there's a lot to go on. I mean, obviously, I mean, we can talk the books, we can talk the film. I think obviously with I think the, we should just bounce back and forth a little bit. I don't want to get too heavy in on on a lot of book stuff, but uh, I honestly it's probably it's been a while since I read the books too. So yeah. But I do have my complete guide to Middle Earth here in case you ask me a hard question that I have to look up. What is so, the complete guide to Middle Earth? It is like an encyclopedia slash dictionary of everything in the trilogy. And uh, I had this prepared just in case you uh, threw out some questions of lore, like, what does this word mean? I never, never heard that before. So just in case you stumped me. Does it actually have like Elvish, like dialect or like uh there like is a language book, there's a book called the languages of middle earth that does cover all the languages uh that's not what i have here but yeah that book does exist have you read that i had well, i glanced at it see Tol <laughs> tolkien actually was a linguist and mm. spoke i believe five languages and the languages spoke in the movie are derived from that book and are actually the languages he created now, he didn't create a full language like how we're speaking English with every single word, but 
he still had the foundation of it for many of those languages you hear all of them in the movie. Yeah, no, that, that it's pure insanity, quite frankly. There's just volumes and volumes of lore that he wrote about that his son has worked on since, and it would take you months just to read yeah. everything. So before we start talking about this, I want to give the audience a sense of our origin story a little bit. And Yeah, let's do it. All right. I, I, let's see if my spotty memory can be as good as yours because i have a feeling it won't be oh so. man that, 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 that's sad because i've got a lot of a lot of fun a lot of fun memories and granted most of those have to do with like our port visits in romney yeah dubrovnik was fun barcelona <laughs> uh let's see where did we we remember we had a song for every port because we it was just one that we just happened to hear over and over and over again <laughs> for whatever true. reason like that port everywhere we went there was always a song playing Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I want to say for Barcelona, it was Living La Vida Loca or another oh, Ricky Martin song that we just kept hearing over and over, <laughs> and over again. That might be wrong. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, this is fun. I, I forgot about the songs, but you're you're so right. It, it just seems like everywhere we went, there was there was some type of adventure. And granted, maybe, you know, I I, I think of maybe all of these come from like one particular visit, but. I guess we, we have to start with the the, the legendary uh, trip to Dubrovnik because of the fact that. Do you remember Pizza Barracuda? Oh, my God. I talk about Pizza Barracuda all the time, even to this Dude, day. Real quick. I told my wife's parents about it. They went on a cruise and went there because I told I talked it up so much. It's still open. They were there last year. Was it any good? Yeah, they loved it. But <laughs> yeah, I it it was just such a freaking joy to go somewhere in Europe and be able to get good pizza. And it, it's funny, I, I don't even know why like pizza was a thing. I, I don't even know like what caused us to go there. But Dubrovnik, of all the places we went, I think that was the place we were at the longest, or was it not? I mean, we were there for a few days or at least several for, days yeah yeah at least for our department that was like the most days i was able to get off the ship anyway as i still consider that like one of probably the best place i've ever been just the old nature of it walking around on the castle walls like on the port right there on the water and just the way the old city was laid out that was amazing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everybody go there if you can yeah, everybody go there and i i, I really do I, I i talk about about that that particular visit more than any any other place that I went like oh have you been to Spain I'm like yeah I've been to Spain have you been there I'm like yeah I've been there but like have you been to Dubrovnik Croatia yeah you would think that we wouldn't have went for pizza we would have tried to find some Croatian food that was more local but no for whatever mm -hmm. reason we stumbled on that place in the alley and I think we went there two different times. I, I think I, so, yeah. Yeah, because we went there and was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Margarita pizza. Like, who would have thought? And then we went back because it's like, oh, my God, can you believe we just we, we found we found this amazing spot and they had pizza. Topic relevant. Remember, there was a bookstore in Dubrovnik. And at that bookstore, I found a graphic novel of The Hobbit, which I purchased. If Holy you remember, shit, it, is sitting, it is sitting on the shelf behind me. I still have it. Man. I don't know if you remember that. But no, I don't. I don't remember. You might that. not have been there that specific time, but that—that's crazy. No, I don't remember that. Now, for the listeners, and I don't know how interested they are to hear about this, but did we come up with the greatest film ever in Dubrovnik? Was it? Was that there, or was that another port visit? I don't know if that was even at a port visit, or if that was in the U.S. or where we were. I have. 
no idea. Uh, I have no, I don't know. Yeah, it's the greatest film that was never made. And it, and I know, it's it is. And I don't think we can say the title. Um, we can, but it's probably a little controversial these days. Oh, I don't even know the title. Oh, unfortunately, many of our stars that we had planned on have passed away since this 20 some years ago. So <laughs> we're never going to be able to make, you know, this film as, as, as great as we planned. The, the title. Now, this is your handwriting. Whoa, 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 Remember the first whoa, 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 slide? What, what, what do you mean it's my handwriting? You wrote this. This is your handwriting in my notebook. You still have this notebook. Yeah, it's right here. Holy shit. Why do you this still have a handwriting. notebook from, why do you have a notebook from 20 years ago? Because it has stories that I wrote in it and things that I wrote, and I keep all my notebooks. Oh my god. All right. Uh, I, I, I need to know more. Do you remember what? the first line? Um it's about a, a cookie. No, 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 no. <laughs> um oh god, I'm gonna butcher this. I'm gonna butcher this. I mean, like, and again for the listeners, Brad and I haven't talked in 20 freaking years, and now he just busts out. Yeah. Last time, last time I talked to you, my son was a baby, and now my son is almost 21 and in college. <laughs> Remember, when I was at that bar in downtown Norfolk. We met up one last time before you moved away. No, before you moved away, you moved to like Ohio. Or maybe it was I. Maybe it was yeah. me that moved. Yeah, you moved to Ohio. Oh, I yeah, didn't go yeah. anywhere. I stayed right. there. I was. I oh, was you were in, still there. Yeah. I thought, okay. Yeah, that's true. That's what happened. I'm. I went on recruiting and moved to Ohio. Anyway. All right. So it's something. All right. Oh God. I. I'm gonna mix. I'll give you a hint. No, 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 no hints, no hints, because I want to, like I said, steel trap memory, but I may mix the uh, the line uh, that I'm thinking the first line versus a line that my my ex once said to me, but. I think, just, just for the listeners out there, there's only six lines. Okay, well, good. Um, all I know is it has something. It has something to do with snickerdoodles, right? Yes, it does. You remember? Now, and it's, who remember who's saying it? Was it Polly Shore? No, it was Gary Coleman as Webster. <laughs> Gary Coleman as Webster. Where are my no, snickerdoodles? I mean, not even damn Webster it. as Webster, but Gary Coleman as Webster. Yeah, that's it. Where are my snickerdoodles? Damn it. Yeah, where are my snickerdoodles? Damn it. All right, that's the line. <laughs> um, I just want, I really want to go down through this whole cast listing with you okay, because all right. it's hilarious. Look, and uh, and I don't know if this will make it on the air or not, but just for your sake, you have to hear this. <laughs> you might want to take some of this out. Uh, the paranoid, anorexic, nymphomaniac midget versus the Nazi transsexual Satan worshiping lesbian cannibals of the musical. <laughs> Okay. Directed by, unfortunately, DMX, who's currently in the hospital, mm. suffering from a drug overdose, but produced by Bill Gates, because he was the only one who could afford <laughs> this cast. <laughs> that was what we came up with. <laughs> Starring Gary Coleman as Webster, KD Lang as Bob, Sinead O'Connor as herself, Alan Thicke as the pimp, Scott Bayo, the president, Tracy Gold as Jenna, Kirk Cameron as Peter Pan. Sean Connery, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and Pauly Shore as the four wise men. <laughs> Richard Simmons as the voice of God. <laughs> Hawk Hogan as the devil. Randy Savage as St. Peter. John Bobbitt as the incredible Mr. Limpet. Roseanne Barr, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera as the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> O.J. Simpson as Axl Rose. 
Bob Dylan as Captain Hook. Neil Patrick Harris as Dookie Hauser, MD. Patrick Stewart as the disgruntled taxi driver. John Grisham as the attorney, of course. <laughs> Here's a topical thing for 20 years ago. Jonathan Taylor Thomas as Elian Gonzalez. <laughs> topical. <laughs> Steven Tyler as Sylvester Stallone. Uh, <laughs> Big Bird as our gun-toting gangster. Weird Al as Prince William. Mr. T is the Pope. Fred Savage is our hero, though. Kenny G is our villain. And Fred Durst is a knight. <laughs> Fred Durst. I'm glad, that we, I'm glad that we cast Fred Durst. I don't know how you want to edit around that, but there it is. Wow. That, I mean, apart from the fact that, you know, some people are no longer with us. Um, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's, I, I still would pay money to watch that film. I would. Watch it was that. a musical, of course. Oh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean of all musicals, it's got to be that one. So was that... <laughs> No, I obviously you got the notes, but was that it? Was basically we just created a cast and opening line of dialogue. We didn't the have a second plot. line. The second line is God as Richard Simmons. Oh, we, we, you actually wrote in fade in. You at least you wrote fade in. <laughs> well, I am a screenwriter at nature. Uh, God replies, "What, my son? What the fuck is a snickerdoodle?" Mm. And Webster said, "It's like." And then it says, "Pause." Realizes his voice is answered from an unknown source. Hey, who said that? I did. I am God, your creator. And of course, now what you talking about, Willis? Mm. We had to throw that line in. That's, that's it. That that's... that is the extent of our notes that were completely derived while sober and younger and. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we weren't sober. <laughs> yeah, that that is that's special. I don't know if that's as interesting as you hoped it would be. I but, mean, uh, that it's, it's uh, yeah. That is more interesting than I ever could possibly have imagined. <laughs> I'm trying to like this is fun for me. Like I can go on and on and on. But do you? Do you also, I'm trying to think like another fun, obviously like we went to the Vatican and that was kind of fun and everything. But do you remember like when we went back before we boarded the ship, like the port dogs, do you remember that there would be like, there was like a dog, like a stray dog or a couple stray dogs. And we like waited for like one of those like little like ferry boats to take us back to our ship. And we were hanging out with like this feral dog and we gave him like, like an Italian accent and just like, Oh, the, the, the Italian dogs. Yeah. I'm kind of giving him like a French accent right now, but basically right. there was just like, there was this, these dogs and it was a really, really crazy thing. Cause we hadn't actually seen anything other than freaking birds and dolphins for forever. And then we go into Italy and we're waiting for our ship. And like, there's like these stray dogs that would come, like wait for wait while we like boarded back on like these ferries and was that remember. was that the time that uh Wendell busted out and the Humpty Dance on the Liberty boat? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> it definitely was Humpty Dance. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was good. Well, shit. How actually? Let me completely flip the script. So I did five years in the Navy, and we knew each other on the USS Mitcher guided missile destroyer ddg 57 you were bosun mate at that time bosun mate third class fuller yes. <clears throat> and i want to say i met you like first like immediately when you came on the ship 
I want to say, like, I remember the very first day you came on board. I remember like taking you to birthing or meeting you like right in that very first day. I don't know. I don't remember. I think I did. Yeah, we I think we hit it off pretty well because you I I, I think we we started talking about movies or storytelling or something. But what? It was the journal. Because I'm a writer as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I was a journalist yeah. and I'd been kicked out of my mm-hmm. school and then mm-hmm. sent unceremoniously into into the fleet it's undesignated. Just, yeah. And and then, yeah, so there was you. We hit it off really well. I think I either met you right before or right after Wendell. Listeners will have remembered uh, Wendell. And if not, he was on our like second episode. Um, so met you really, really early into my tenure on the ship. And I think we hit it off really well, which is a a rare, rare feat for me because of the fact that me and and uh, and and people that are superior to me, I I I have problems. I I'm not one. <laughs> well, we're that... the same. It wasn't you know. I mean, and I was you know barely a rank ahead of you. It wasn't you know. You, you you were a petty officer and I was just a seaman. So, you know, I mean, you were immediate and right. you, were, you were one of the guys, you know, like so Paladino and the the other first class bosun mate who had like all like rope furniture. I forget his name. Uh, what was his name? You're going to remember these names way more than me because I got 20 years of names that I can't keep straight. So you're. I forgot Paladino was a person until just now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beyond uh-huh. Paladino. And then you had this other guy and like, we went over to his house one time and all of his, like his coffee table, I say coffee table, but it was, it was made out of line, you know, it right. was made right. out he was, of he was the hardcore bosun mate. Hardcore bosun mate. Now, Brad, you Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure you you actually did retire from the Navy. Is that correct? I did retire, yes, in 2017. Were you first class? Were you chief? I was still first class. I did okay. not make Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't touch on a, a sore subject. Did I accidentally? No, 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 no. Um, I uh I'm out of the Navy now, so I can talk about it. I chose quality of life over promotions, and I did not go back out to sea. So uh that's why I didn't make chief, because I wasn't on a ship. Yeah. So <laughs> it's our job it thrives on a ship. That's where you uh what's where you get advanced. So you were on the Mitcher. Did you go to any other ships? Um uh, well I, I was at ACU four for ten years, which is what a is that? command. Uh so I I did deployments and lots of underways on all different kinds of amphibs, but I was a loadmaster on a hovercraft. So essentially we take the marine equipment from the ship to the shore. And loadmaster's job is to make sure everything's balanced. So when the hovercraft flips up in the air, it's not tilted in one way or another. So just uh, tanks and trucks and, you know, all different types of military vehicles. Cool. I did that. I was a recruiter for a while. And then I closed out my uh, career uh, as a passport agent, actually, (laughs) of all things. Wait, in the Navy? Uh, yeah, I, I was. Uh, I worked in operations, and I was the the command passport agent rep and the travel representative. And uh, I had to work in the Secret Squirrel little uh, little place and do people's tra- travel requests and passports. Weird job for a boss mate, but it was. Uh, that's what it was. <laughs> huh. Okay. Okay. Now, are you are you currently presently 
Are you in Virginia? Are you in Ohio? Where are you now? I'm in northern nowhere, Ohio, in a little town of nothingness. But if you've heard <laughs> of Cedar Point, I'm real close. If I've heard of where now? Cedar Point. So where is that in relation to Cleveland? I am an hour from Cleveland, an hour from Toledo, right in the middle of the state on the lake, close to the lake. Like, I don't know what it is with me and people from Ohio, but like some of my best friends and favorite people in this world are all from Ohio. My best man was from Ohio. Uh, I've had a few other people on this podcast, all from Ohio. I don't know if that's because of the fact that these are all technically like Navy people and Navy people all have a tendency to join the, like all, rather all people from Ohio have a tendency to join the Navy. Yeah, but, there's so many of them. I met so many over the years. At my last command, I actually met someone who was from my hometown of 1,100 people. Insane. What What is your hometown? <laughs> it's called Monroeville. And I actually yeah. met someone in the Navy in Williamsburg whose son was currently living with an ex in Monroeville. I live in the next town over now. But if you're familiar with Sandusky or Cedar Point, the best amusement park in the world, then you'll know where I'm at. I mean, I know Sandusky because I've seen Tommy Boy. So I imagine, you know, no big deal. There's like five seconds of that movie that was actually filmed in Sandusky. It doesn't matter. They they talk about Sandusky. So, you know, I, I feel like by proxy, I know Sandusky. Yeah, but that whole opening's wrong. None of that's Sandusky. I watch that. I just get mad. I'm like, we don't have an airport. We don't have that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> They name drop your town, man. They name drop it. They do. That's cool. Yeah. Well, shit. Let's see. So you've got, you've got a son that is 21. You are retired from the Navy. You're living in Ohio. Am I leaving anything out? Anything, anything else? Have you, I don't know. Have you invented any board games or anything? I do have a board game that was published in 2010. What? Uh, Unfortunately, have not published another one because it's not as easy as it sounds. I've pitched lots and lots of them, but uh, I do have one board game that was published back in 2010. Uh, I still dabble in some design. I'm working on some designs right now. Uh, do some freelance writing, do some Twitch streaming, do some YouTube and do some retired guy stuff. Enjoying my life. So talk to me a little bit about if, you know, granted, we're going to be talking about Lord of the Rings here in a minute, but I, I, I hear all the I hear all the cool kids and I say cool kids in you know in, in jest, but I hear all the cool kids talking about Twitch. What what the hell is Twitch? I I still honestly I don't know. Is that people watch you play video games? What what is that? Kind of like what we're doing right now. If you had it broadcast so anybody could come in and watch it. Mm, okay. So so basically like just like you're flipping through tv channels you look through twitch and see what people are streaming and you click on them and you watch them so uh if i was you know broadcasting a game of five six seven people and i just put out the description what we're playing someone wants to jump in or someone follows our channel and they see that we're online and they watch us what is your go-to board game that you like to play Uh, (laughs) I, i guess i just opened up something as you as uh, you can't see the other side of this room, I have about fourteen hundred of them. Um, I can I will tell you that's situational. It depends on who you are and if you've played games before. If you're a newbie and you never played games and you're like, oh, what do you mean, like Monopoly and Risk? I'd be like, no, no, no. Let me show you something way cooler. But if you knew every game in my room, then I would break out a completely different game. So, but I don't have a go-to. Um, 
My favorite game is actually, if I have four players, because it only takes four, is an old game from the 1800s called Croconol that was invented in Canada. And it's kind of like shuffleboard on a table where you're flicking discs around, trying to drop them into a little hole and in different scoring areas. That is probably my favorite game of all time. Okay. So two things. One, you said this game goes back to the 1800s? Yes. Okay. And two, you said that you've got 1400 games in your, in this room that I can't like the other side of this room, 14, like one, four, zero, zero. We're off and we're off line. I'll flip the camera around if you want to see, but yeah, they're about that, about that. Holy shit. I, I, I can't even, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think I could even name 10 games, let alone. These are my well, films. These are my films. Yeah. You have 400 films stuck in your brain. Yeah. At least. See? So. Yeah. No, valid. Very, very, I mean, 100% accurate. And this is, this is fun for me, you know, just to open up. I remember, like, I remember when I was, I don't know, 18 years old, like this one particular summer, I had some friends convince me to get into Magic the Gathering. And oh. I saved some of those cards. And I think one time, we we got drunk over your 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 wife uh had like made a like an alcoholic like jenga kind of game where like on like the side pieces there would be like an instruction to to drink if you do this or whatever yeah. and and it's, it's we right over here in the other room i still have that wait say I, that again right over here in the other room i still have that do you really yeah <laughs> um but I, I think that was like the last time i played any now granted i did I, I i played i've played risk um i bought like the game of thrones risk but not that i'm against games or anything i've just never i've just never really i don't know oh, never really yeah. never really played never them doing games then say that again i got a story about you in games then Okay, I'm curious. Remember, uh, if you remember, um, I flew down to Virginia and I had a flight to go to recruiting school, but it wasn't until the next day. So I asked if I could crash at your house and uh, until the next day, and you lived over by the airport. And I came to your apartment and you had seen it set up on the table. Mm. And I walked in immediately and you're like, sit down, we're playing this. And I'm like, I can't play this with you. And you proceeded to get every question right while I got every question wrong. And I said, this is not fun for me. This is this <laughs> game is only for you. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe I forgot about that. I think I probably would have like pulled that game out because I knew that you liked games too. I had a feeling you just like had it set up on your coffee table and every person who stumbled in your house, you subjected them to, hey, <laughs> play this, play this so you can see how good I am. <laughs> I mean, that's also entirely possible. And I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. Bacon skills holding up. All right. But enough about beating up the host. We're going to we're going to start talking about Lord of the Rings now. All right. All right. OK. <laughs> so 20 so years. It's like an anniversary 20 years ago. It's like an anniversary. Show. It is like an anniversary. Now, I guess. All right. We, we know the movie we're going to talk about now. I imagine in the year 2021, everybody knows what this movie is. But 
are you are you willing to or are you interested in doing just kind of like a brief synopsis you don't have to give us beat by beat every plot point of this movie but what is lord of the rings are you do you want to tell our audience a little bit about what this movie is well lord of the rings is on the list of the top 100 books ever made it was written in the 40s i believe um this movie uh was there were several cartoons and some other attempts to make this but it's such a grandiose series of books um it it finally happened obviously that's why we're talking about it um and uh they broke the story into three movies thankfully originally i think they wanted to keep it as one movie and it's a fantasy movie about uh a powerful set of rings and one ring that is the the controls all the other ones and the bad guy made this one ring that would control all the other ones and as long as he had that ring he could destroy the world basically and uh, he lost that ring and this is about that ring being found and trying to be destroyed so that the bad guy doesn't get back get it back and destroy everybody how about that is that quick enough <laughs> i mean that's a pretty damn brief it, it's amazing i mean this like the whole novel's over a thousand pages and you just broke down the first book in about 30 seconds so well done i mean it's it you said brief i mean <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not complaining this is this is good yeah all right so that's it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and one other thing we should maybe mention is that you've got like these different subsects of organic life forms, right? You've got your your humans and you've got your elves and you've got your dwarves and you've got your your goblins. Yeah, I, I say the, Yeah. All this stuff is commonplace in just every fantasy thing now. And you mm-hmm. know, this is pretty much where they all started. Yep. But what is unique to this particular franchise for those that haven't seen it is you've got these 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 miniature furry feet uh humans called hobbits and that's and that's really what i think at the core the core like the the lifeblood of this series are are hobbits and and just how you know um yeah the, what go ahead and you know their uh how they deal with the rest of the world yeah is kind of the center point yeah. and because uh, <clears throat> they stay to themselves and kind of don't interact with a lot of the other races and this is about them kind of venturing out and uh that's not something that they do no now obviously now most of us already know a little bit about this you know whether they've seen lord of the rings or the original I don't even, was it, was, did The Hobbit come out before Lord of the Rings? The movies, The Hobbit? No, 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 uh, the, <laughs> the, the book, book by yes. itself. The book, yes. The book, okay. the book, the book actually, um, I mean, actually the book had to be retconned later after Lord of the Rings was released because there was some stuff in there that didn't make sense anymore because when he wrote The Hobbit, he didn't actually have the idea for Lord of the Rings in his head yet. So oh, did he not? Yeah, no, he did not uh it just was a children's story for his kids and it kind of grew into this massive universe but yeah so the book the book was i want to say 34 is popping into my head 1934 but i'm not 100 whereas lord of the rings was around the 40s mm. but like i said i don't have i don't know that off the top of my head exactly but around there yeah how did you how did you get introduced to it what 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 appealed obviously that the story is fantastic but 
I guess really the more important question is how did you come across the Hobbit Lord of the Rings? What was your origin story? (laughs) By chance. Um, When I was a kid, I actually lived at my grandma's house uh, up until I was about seven. And randomly, she recorded the Hobbit cartoon for me off of HBO. Oh, the like the 1970s cartoon cartoon. Okay, which yeah. is my yeah. favorite thing in the world, and I will and I will watch it anytime and quote the whole thing. So <laughs> I absolutely love that cartoon, and uh, that's that's where it started. Uh, once I le- watched that, then I went to the other cartoon and the other cartoon, and then when I was old enough, into the books. Uh, I was yeah, I mean, I was following this movie. I remember reading articles about special features Peter Jackson was planning on putting on the laser discs. Like before DVDs were a popular enough format, they were at every house. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in the late 90s, I was, you know, following articles on this, just anticipating this movie so much. And that, that ties in with the games. I bet I have 25 to 30 Lord of the Rings themed games. And lots of those came out long before the movies. Do they hold up pretty well? Or are there like, you know, like you've got like 20, 30, but are most of them pretty good or it's just like one or two? I mean, some of them are just like Lord of the Rings Risk and Lord of the Rings Stratego and Lord of the Rings stuff like that. But uh, there's a lot of modern games. Uh, Actually, I just played yesterday a game called The Battle of Five Armies, which is about a two, three hour war game based on that and epic battle at the end of the Hobbit movies. Um, But yeah, there's there's several. War of the Ring is one, uh, Middle Earth Quest, uh, Lord of the Rings, a card game. All are super popular and uh, lots of people... uh, still play them and buy them and there's a lord of the rings adventures in middle earth just came out that's a pretty good game where it uses an app to tell the story and you just move around on a board and the app kind of drives the whole experience so yeah i mean they're still making lord of the rings games Uh, obviously video games as well there's a new new video game in development as well now you also heard that they're going to be doing like i want to say it's amazon maybe it's hbo i can't remember but like there there's like talks of the work like in the works that they're going to be doing lord of the rings again but not not the story that we know but like way back machine We're, we're, we're going before the the age of like frodo and bilbo and l well shit i guess elrond would probably still be uh uh, relevant to it, but before before Aragorn and all that shit, right? Yes, that, that that I can't wait for that. That sounds that sounds awesome. And what I've heard is Hugo Weaving may be guest starring in that as Elrond again, because he might be the only character that would make sense to be in that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that takes place in the Second Age, like a thousand years before Lord of the Rings, and uh, before there was Sauron, the big evil boss. There was a big evil bad guy called Morgoth, and I think it's going to center around him. I, I you just spoke Greek to me. I didn't know there was another another like big bad before Sauron. Yeah. Back in the day, there was. I, I can't I can't tell you a whole lot about them, but uh, we'll be honest though. I mean, as, as great as these books are, Tolkien is a tough author to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the the especially Lord of the Rings is a lot better than some of the stuff. But once you start getting into Silmarillion and some of the history books and some of the other books, they are. <clears throat> they are reference stuff, take notes and uh, flip around, you know, type books. They're not just a casual read. Like you need to pay attention and look stuff up and look at the map and write stuff down. And right. They're hard to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
So you told a little bit about like your origin story, but what I'm curious about regarding just to kind of like tie back to the film, this is more like a film discussion podcast, but when, when did you, I guess, when did you first see this movie? Was there like, was there, is there a story to that? Or did you just go to the movie and like, yeah, this is okay. Like what were your thoughts when you saw the film? Well, so I did see it opening day uh, as fast as I could. I didn't go to the midnight showing, but I seen it the next day. Um, me and my two friends had tickets for it. I remember specifically the day before there was some show on. It was like between seven and eight o'clock, some TV show. And it was during that show is going to be an exclusive three minute clip of the movie and we watched the show we didn't want to watch just waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> to watch this clip and then the clip was the cave troll scene mm, in mm-hmm. Oregon. and that just got us all amped and we just couldn't wait and uh yeah the so i went and seen it like right as it came out and i was i don't even know how i don't even know if i was able to process it i was it was one of those it could have been terrible and i wouldn't have known it at the time <laughs> because I was so excited for it that uh, as soon as I see it, I just wanted to see it again. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, 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 I was very happy with the changes from the book. Uh, unlike the Hobbit, which we're not going to talk about the Hobbit movie, <laughs> the three Peter Jackson films, we're not going to talk about those. Right. Uh, I do not like those at all. Um, the third one's okay. But the first, I, I do not like the, amount of changes from the book mm, mm-hmm. um you took a 200 page you know light novel and turned it into three movies and I, yeah. I don't i don't agree with a lot of that stuff but the the changes that peter jackson did at this one i was on board with and they they fit you know they fit really well and i liked them all does that include uh tom bombadil uh there i i do wish there would have been at least a a cameo scene. Uh, yeah. I like some of the Tom Bombadil stuff. I really like the barrel weight scene. I wish a couple of those things would have been in there, but I understand for pacing, you know, to, to, to get that, like, Oh, they're, they're on our, tra- they're on our trail. we got to get moving. You know, f- I, I, I forgave him for that because he sped the pace up so much. Cause if you don't know in the books, it was, you know, the whole Gandalf leaves to research the ring. Gandalf comes back, throws it in the fireplace and sees the writing in the book. That was 17 years, 17 years, 17 years. And then after Gandalf said, oh, yeah, that is the one ring. It was another like year and a half before Frodo even left to mm-hmm. go to Bell. And the, the movie just erased all that and said, like, no, they're coming now. And I said, I was all right with that. That was a that was a nice change just to get the movie flowing. Otherwise, it would have been another two hours. And. Honestly, the stuff that Peter Jackson took out didn't really advance the plot. So I was okay with it. I I have no issues with anything you just said. I mean, you you look at the the first film and you know it's over three hours long, and then there's like the extended version, which adds like another like half hour. And then even like in principal photography, like the shooting, there's still like another hour's worth of shit. So like when they filmed it originally, there was like four over four hours worth of, of stuff. And they, they trimmed it to three hours. Right. And that is a tight three hours. There's very little like dead space, at least in fellowship, of the ring, we can talk about return of the King, you know, at, at another time, but <laughs> that is, I mean, it, it doesn't have like seven endings, like return of the King, but right. 
about to say that. <laughs> but but <laughs> Fellowship was a tight three hours, which is a crazy, crazy thing. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of dead weight. But for for those that don't know, I, I just reference this character that may not mean anything to anybody, but are you comfortable kind of briefly explaining who Tom Bombadil, who was one of, as far as like fans of the novel, like one of like this iconic characters that wasn't introduced into the book at all? I can briefly talk about him. I um, So Tom Bombadil was a character that they ran into and he was a the very, well, first of all, I guess we'll go back. Let's backtrack. Um, when Frodo and Sam first left the Shire, they came into like a haunted forest and there was a willow tree that was singing and it like drew them in. It was called old man willow and the like wrapped them around inside the roots and like in ensnared them in that. And Tom Bombadil just happened to be walking by and he was the one who saved them. And Tom Bombadil took him back to his house where he had Goldberry, which is his female companion. And, uh, Tom Bombadil is that, to imply that he is a higher being. He even puts the ring on at one point and it does nothing. Uh, it doesn't affect him at all. Um, I can't remember what type of being he is. Cause like uh, there, there's several like Gandalf, for example, is a, uh, is a Istari, uh, one of the Maiar who was sent to middle earth. Like I can, I can, I can tell you that, but I can't tell you what Tom Bombadil is off the top of my head. He was a crazy figure with wacky clothes and mm-hmm. you know, singing and singing and very lighthearted and no cares in the world. I can't believe I completely forgot this, but it just came up there. There was there. He has like his own poem. He does. Tom Bombadil was a old fellow. I believe it starts as, I don't mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. But- yeah. Something about red and then something is yellow at the end. Actually says his race is unknown um, in here. So uh, Tolkien didn't really explain. He just made him a uh, super powerful being. Yeah. Um, there originally was a cut that they planned for the movie to include just a little cameo, uh, but they did not end up making it the cut, but they did do a nod to Tom Bombadil in the next movie in two towers. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because of the fact that the film doesn't need it. And I don't know really. I mean, I, you mentioned just like the the cuts and edits that that Peter Jackson did that you didn't have any issue with. It was just one of those characters. It was like my favorite character from the novel. But when you really analyze it from what and that's just one of the things about about film and and literature that how, how storytelling works. And in fact, just kind of like book uh when you when you read these they they have kind of like a book one book two and you're getting one story and then you get the other where in film you kind of like mesh everything together to kind of like have like a cohesive narrative but in the narrative of of the fellowship of the ring i i I also have no idea where tom bombadil would have would have fit yeah and i'm basically on the yeah would have been cool but not necessary but I do want to mention, since you talked about the extended edition, I'm assuming that's what I watched. Did you watch the extended edition? I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen a theatrical re- release since the theater. I've always only watched this one. Really? Okay. All right. <laughs> so in in preparation for this episode, I watched the theatrical, but I've seen the extended far more 
And again, it's, I, I blame you, you asshole. Like you, <laughs> you sold me on this. And I was such a skeptic because of the fact that you were also a big D and D guy. And I saw that D and D movie, that D and D movie was trash. I'm sorry, but Jeremy Irons though, you know, Jeremy Irons was considered for Gandalf or Saruman. Everybody, everybody was considered for Gandalf though. Like right, John but- Connery was and he was like i'm not fucking doing this you know like he you know but like everybody was considered yeah you see that list of actors that turned down roles like russell crowe and liam neeson you imagine russell crowe and liam neeson being boromir and aragorn and you know that would just it's insane there's so many Uh, people uh, oh 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 oh, (laughs) shit um what's his name i can't believe i forgot nicholas cage yeah, Aaron Daniel Lord. Day-Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis was Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the people that turn this movie down, and then when you think about it, it, it it's just it mind. It's mind blowing that barely after or just before graduating fucking film school was um, what's his name who played Legolas uh, Orlando Bloom. He wasn't even out of like college yet. And he, he didn't got, even audition for Legolas. He auditioned for uh, Faramir. Yeah. 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 He was just a film student. And it's like. This is one thing I want to talk about, though. Wouldn't you turn it down to with Peter Jackson's prior repertoire? How did he get the budget to do this? Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing that they that they cleared him to make this. Mm-hmm. Based, as, you know, based on Dead Alive and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> but which is great in its own right. But it's freaking insanity. And for the listeners, you know, we're I, I'm going to dive off into a deep end. But until Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson was mostly known for doing like these low budget New Zealand horror films. You know, you you had Dead Alive and you had Bad Taste. But at that point, like his big film was wasn't even a big hit granted i loved it fucking loved it but that was the frighteners and that was a i think like 1996 michael j fox uh jake Busey, the the woman who played et's mother uh d wallace and you know a couple other people in this film but a couple of other people in that film but generally like i can't it's mind-blowing that that new line in Miramax shelled out 93 million a pop, you know, for like each movie to this guy mostly was known for doing low budget New Zealand horror films. And it's like, all right, well, you know, we're going to go this way. Um, It's wild. I mean, there, there's so many things to kind of unpack, but I mean, this is more just kind of like a broad level and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how the, the rest of this conversation goes, but it's, this is just a, a just an explosion of everything going right in every way. Like there, there, there are so many more reasons why this movie should have failed than it succeeded. And yet it's a massive success. It was huge when it came out in the box office. It was huge nationally. It was huge globally. And New Line, more so than than Miramax, took a major, major gamble on this, and it paid off. And holy shit, what this would have, how rich Sean Connery would have been if he would have said, yeah, I'll I'll do this weird freaking like wizard guy. Because he was offered like 15% of the take 
Yeah. Which, and <laughs> I, I think I already lost out on like 440 million by not mm-hmm. taking the role. Yeah. Yeah. Like, half, it, like almost half a billion dollars. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, Patrick Stewart was offered the role too, and he didn't like the script. <laughs> yeah, like the script. <laughs> um, but I mean, a lot of it though, honestly, a lot of it, not even just Peter Jackson's lack of experience. A lot of it was the concurrent filming and you got to spend 16 months in New Zealand in order to be on this project. So that's, that's why uh, I believe that's why Liam Neeson backed out is because of the 16 month commitment. Mm-hmm. Otherwise he might've been our Aragorn. I believe I might be wrong on that. I think it was him, but yeah, but who wouldn't want to live like who wouldn't want to live in New Zealand for like a year and a half? All right. I mean, yeah, if you didn't have like, especially you're an actor, you know, it's not like you have a day job. As long as you bring your family with you or whatever, that sounds like a awesome vacation. And the actor that ended up getting to play Aragorn obviously is Viggo Mortensen. And as the legend goes, I mean, this is a Danish actor that prior to even taking this role was already fluent in five languages. And then, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to become fluent in Elvish. And yeah, like, you, need to re- you need to rewrite the script because I want to talk in Elvish more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, and Vigo is, I didn't know who he was before this. I don't, did, did he do anything before this? Oh, Vigo Mortensen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. You would know that, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit more my nerdy-isms, but just to drop just a couple brief things. So he did a remake of Dial M for Murder with, um, Dial in for murder was an old Stephen King. Uh, I'm sorry, Alfred Hitchcock film, and the original starred Grace Kelly. But he was in the remake that starred who was it? Like what's in the box? Gwyneth Paltrow. So he was in a remake of that film. But famously, he played one of the Amish dudes in like 1983 or 84's movie Witness. Prior to, you know, other than that, he had been in a bunch of things, but I like this spot now. Um, I, yeah. I'll be honest with you, I was about a third of the way into Green Book before I even realized that was him. Oh my God. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And have, you, have you seen Captain Fantastic? No. I just watched that the other day. He plays uh, a crazy, like, off the grid guy raising his kids after, and then the mom like commit suicide and they have to go on this journey to try to go to her funeral. And uh, that, that was really good too. And the road, I love the road. The road's great. Did you see the movie where played like that Russian gangster? Um, I don't think so. Eastern promises. Holy shit. Like Brad, you want to see, you want to see Aragorn just be like turned up to like hard ass Russian gangster. Watch Eastern, uh, Eastern promises. It is brutal. It I'm is brutal. But it is so worth it. It's done by David Cronenberg. So if you ever saw like the 1980s, The Fly, right? Um, <laughs> you, it's not that avant-garde, but there's still some shit, and you're like, what? You know that you're that you're gonna see. But he he is so good in that movie, and he's terrifying, and you fully believe that he would be a Russian gangster. But yeah. Um, he was so good, so perfect as Aragorn or Strider or how many other names did 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 he have in that in that in that book slash movie? It should just be those two, Aragorn and Strider. Because I know well, that Gandalf has like three or four names himself. It does Mithrandir being mm-hmm. the famous one, yeah. Uh, and then there's a couple other ones too. But uh well, one more thing about Vigo before we move on. The 
um, the scene towards the end of the movie where the where the Uruk High throws the knife at him and he deflects it with the sword. It's famously that that was real and uh, that wasn't supposed to happen. And he actually performed that maneuver in real life, knocking that away. Yeah, because he used a real fucking sword, too. He insisted on using steel when everyone yeah. else was using aluminum and rubber. Yeah. We're, we're talking about this fantasy film and, you know, we've got actors and we've got people that are a little bit method and actors that are method will insist on like, you only talk to me this way and they're this way completely in set. But Viggo Mortensen literally carried around a heavy ass real fucking steel sword for the shooting of this movie, right? He did. He, he was questioned by the police in New Zealand several times for just wandering around town with a sword. Because <laughs> he was he was in character he was he was Aragorn. There's a, a there, famously Peter Jackson like uh, had a conversation with him for like an hour and kept calling him Aragorn and didn't even realize that he was calling him Aragorn in a normal <laughs> conversation, uh, which is it's, awesome. It's, but, uh, it's awesome. It's insane and it's perfect and it's everything that you want in in a character like this. And again, we go back to it. He learned, again, this is a man that already knows five fucking different languages, and I apologize, I'm, I'm dropping F-bombs, but it's insanity. And then he's like, oh yeah, by the way, you know, we're, we're going to have to turn up the Elvish, and I'm going to learn Elvish as, a, as an actual language. Right. <laughs> so one more thing I want to talk about. Um, before we really, before we start moving through the movie, I guess, or I guess we, I don't know how we do this. Are we supposed to go like scene by scene and kind of move through it or, um, but I do want to talk about the score because Howard Shorn is killed it. This is the best movie score ever fight me. It's better than John Williams. I love Howard Shorn. This was amazing. And he rightfully won the Oscar that year for it because it is phenomenal. And I listen to it just when I'm doing chores, doing dishes. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it. Uh, Concerning Hobbits, the first song. Yeah. My son learned how to play it on a slide whistle. And uh, we, we, yeah, we've listened to it all the time. I love that. Was that on his request or did you say you're going to learn this song? That was all him. He's uh, he plays bass and you know lots of different instruments. And he bought a slide whistle just to learn how to not a slide whistle. It's a, a penny whistle. He bought that. I think is what it's called, like a recorder, like a fancy okay. recorder. But yeah, best score ever. I'm not gonna argue that. Um, I'm I'm sure I can make an argument, but you know what? I'm, I just I'm, 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 I'm going for this ride. I'm going for it. You know, you say Howard Shore's Lord of the Rings. It's a it's the best score. I will say that I do love. Was it Enya or was it Annie Lennox? Who did May It Be? Who was Enya. that? Enya. It was Enya. Okay. That's mm. that's a great that's a great song. Now I can't even remember because we've been chatting for an hour or so. When when did you see this movie? Did I already ask you? I seen it the day it came out. That's right. Okay. So you want to hear my story? I don't know. Sure. All right. I do. So it was this movie would have come out in November, and there were two two count them two very very important movies that came out in the year 2000 you had this film and you had the very first harry potter film and i was going through some personal shit we don't necessarily have to get in uh get into it super deep but i was going through a breakup at that time i don't remember which one i saw first but i remember the reaction that i had to both of these movies because i saw both of them just by myself i was just like this recently single dude 
And the, the, the reaction that I had with this film was just, just something of, this is a classic. Like, and there were two, two, I mean, both, whether, whether you're a big Harry Potter fan or not, or whether you're a big Lord of the Rings film uh, fan or not, both these movies came out around the same time. And these are two iconic films that were, I mean, they're once in a generation films and they came out within a month of each other, maybe within two months of each other to like stretch it out. But I remember watching, watching this movie and being floored the movie could have ended like 90 minutes into like right when they get to shit. What, where, where are the elves? Where are the elves there? And, um, where, uh, God, where's the meeting where like the fellowship of the ring, where is that? Um, I'm going to let it? you try to figure it out. I know I'm so I'm waiting for you to try to get it. Uh, Rivendell, Rivendell, Rivendell. You know what? It would take me another 15 seconds. I would have just like gone through the alphabet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, so Rivendell, they could have, they could have ended it there. And I would have been like, that was a damn good movie. That was really, really good. And then obviously you have the back half and then you've got uh, Gandalf's moment. You shall not pass, which by the way, isn't in the book. It's, it's actually, you cannot pass. A lot of people don't know that, but the, the book is up, up, Brad, for the listeners has, oh, he's got the fucking staff, right? And it's lit up. What? What is, what? Is that a light bulb? What, what's, what's going on? What caused that to light up? This is a sculpt of the actual movie prop of Gandalf's staff. And it does light up with the gem on top. Like in Moria. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, that's just one of many Lord of the Rings things that are all around this room. That no one can see, but I have plenty of weapons and swords and action figures and games. And oh, there's like a map and the map above it. That's the Lord of the Rings map. That's the marble blade that they stab Frodo with on uh, Weathertop. And that's Sting. I got Gandalf's sword over here. Um. Well, I've got two. I've got two posters behind me. That's that's <laughs> all I've got. Um, now, when I get this youtube uh, channel like up and rolling at some point in the year 2021 hopefully maybe worst case scenario 2022 i do want to have you come back and i would love to take a tour of this game room because they're from based on everything you're saying it sounds like you've got a lot of fun stuff and i just like to kind of like geek out and look at look at your shit but um yeah it it was a emotional roller coaster and granted you know at the end the 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 film i think ends very very fittingly because boromir dies in this one but yet he doesn't die until the second book uh, if memory serves right it's not until yeah. the, the second book that he dies but it is a good passage where they where they separate and it's just another thing that peter jackson was able to take a, a literal source and make it very very visual and cinematic and still hold the same what's the word i'm looking for authenticity like when when this movie came out i i I made a point to finish the novel before before i saw the film and you and i have never talked about it shit we've we haven't spoken in 20 years but it was a convert it, it was something that was very passionate about you and to go in the way back machine, you and I were pretty close, you know, 20 years ago. And this was something that was very passionate about you. And when you went on and did your own separate thing, I'm like, all right, this was something 
whether it was nostalgia or loyalty or kinship or whatever it was, I knew it was something that was important to you. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on this fucking ship. Might as well read this now. Um, and, and I, and I, 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 we already knew the movie was coming out. Like the movie was coming out before you had left the ship. And it's like, all right, well, I'm going to read this book. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be back in, in June. The movie's going to come out in November. All right. Or July, I think we were going to come back in port. And so it's like, all right, you know, I've got a couple months. Let me, let me get through this. And I dealt with some, like, like I said earlier, some personal things and I was floored and it instantly, it instantly became just a, a a film that became a a personal favorite. And then just to see the journey, because it's impossible to not empathize with, with Frodo and Sam and well, everybody in that film, but specifically Frodo and Sam and you know the the emotional weight that you're really riding is through those characters and after that movie i'm like oh this this is a movie that people are going to talk about 20 30 40 years from now this is this whether i i think of it at in the same ilk from action adventures as the empire strikes back i don't know but this is a movie that is at least in that 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 stratosphere of just an iconic once in a generation perfect film and to pay a little like tribute to you thank you thank you because i was never i never really grew up or rather i never really grew up as a super huge fan I'm, i was always a nerd but never like a super huge fantasy guy did i enjoy willow yeah but other fantasy films that had come out in the past, I was just kind of was like, eh, not really my speed. I'm not much for for dragons and and wizards and shit like that. But I'm talk about next, yeah, <clears throat> is that what you said about Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings coming out the same year? Me as a fantasy fan, all through my youth with books and you know cartoons here and there, um, the fantasy movies mostly were corny and you know like we have stuff like red sonya and legend and you know conan is pretty good and dragon slayer and you know those some of those were all right there were a lot of really bad fantasy movies so i like that lord of the rings and harry potter kind of made the genre real like it made it made like this is an actually uh an established genre that you can do good stuff with it's not just what you make fun of the nerds for, for, you know, uh, you like dragons and wizards like this. And then later game of Thrones, of course, now fantasy is like the cool genre where it used to be like the nerdy thing. So this was definitely the start of, of making it a true genre that deserves its own category on Netflix. There, there is one thing that if I don't talk about, I've been talking to my friends about prepping for this. There's one thing that everybody brought up that needs to be mentioned and that is legolas just being turned into a complete superhero especially in (laughs) especially in the two towers and return of the king i I give it a pass but that is the most ridiculous thing in this the stuff that he pulls off is completely impossible and uh but you know it's fun to watch so like two towers, the uh, skateboarding on a shield down the uh, right. down the stairs to ollie it into the horse neck, and uh, the 
the scene in the end of fellowship where he stabs somebody with the arrow then immediately puts the arrow into the bow and shoots the next guy who is a foot away from him you know stuff like that um this movie this movie started it the other movies did it and it was okay but then the hobbit just went nuts with it and turned legolas into just an insane superhero uh, so yeah that that if there's one thing that i don't like that would be uh it, not so much in this movie but it set it up to get worse and worse and then worse and worse and worse in the hobbit <laughs> and uh that's the almost the only thing left in my notes that uh i didn't cover so what are your thoughts on orlando bloom in this is it is it too over the top no i don't have any objections to what you said I, <laughs> um, he was ridiculous. I think everybody <laughs> was ridiculous in different ways. I think it progressively gets more and more over the top, as, as you mentioned. I think some of it does go back to Peter Jackson kind of riding on this, on, on this, this wave to borrow the, the surfboard uh, analogy of, Orlando Bloom was a hot ticket at that moment, right? I mean, and it was all because of Peter Jackson, quite frankly, but Peter Jackson's mm. like, all right, people love him. I'm going to give him more shit to do. Right. And <laughs> it's entertaining. It's fun. It is I, entertaining. It's just, it just gets crazy sometimes. It does. <laughs> it, it totally gets crazy. But there are a couple other little nuances that I loved, which is when they're going through all right, here you go. This is this is where like the fact check, uh, nerdy, even more nerdy than I, uh, expert in this in this franchise. What 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 what's what's the name of the mountains that they they go through and with the snow and everything? Is it the Misty Mountains? No. Well, Misty Mountains are from the Hobbit. Um, yeah, it is still the Misty Mountains. Okay. So where they're all slugging through the Misty Mountains, and then you just see Legolas walking on top of the snow as they're all like <laughs> struggling through it and as an elf because of the fact that the way that elves work he's just like casually just walking above the yep. snow which i thought i thought that was great i i enjoy that yeah that was uh that was a nice touch it was something that you might not even catch the first yeah, time you I, I think I, I think there are a lot of people that didn't notice that you know but it's not even an easter egg it's just something if you if you look at it, you're like, oh, that's kind of funny because there is this moment where everybody's trudging through the elements, right? The snow is beating down on them and they're in five feet of snow and they're, they're, they're all struggling. And, you know, you've got humans holding up hobbits so they're not being buried by the snow. And then you've got Legolas just literally walking by on top <laughs> of the snow because that's what elves do. Um, love that. There was something else that I wanted to talk about, and everything is going to get overlooked because it's a three-hour freaking movie. Some amazing quotes in this movie, too. Amazing quotes. Amazing quotes. Do you have what, what are some of your favorite quotes? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, you you said the Gandalf quote. That's what everybody says, but it would probably be the uh, the all we have to do is decide with the time that it's given to us. Yeah, and uh, many many that live deserve death and some that die deserve life are you to give it to them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a great one and then uh i love the i almost started my retirement speech with the navy with i like less than you or oh, no i forgot oh, here it is here it is i don't know half of you 
as well as I should like. And I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. Right. Was that the one? Yeah, that was it. And I can't believe I stumbled on it and you beat me to it. But I almost started my retirement speech like that. And then I decided that's probably not good. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the greatest. It's one of like the greatest dislines ever. And it's like an unintentional. You know, he's like, I don't know half of you half as well as you uh, as you, uh, as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. It's just so good because it's a dis line. And then you're like, wait, what did he say? Right. It, it's, it, it's perfect. You can't pass it right away. Yeah. It's perfect. I love the little, the little touches that he does in here where he says, where the people, where the characters say lines that you have no reference to. Whereas if you never watched Lord of the Rings, you have no idea what they're talking about, but it doesn't matter. You just kind of float. You kind of go with it. But if you are a, a Lord of the Rings fan, you're like, wow, I caught that. Like when he does the not some blockheaded brace girdle from Hardball, you know, and it, like anybody who'd never read the books that just went right over their head. But if you know anything about the books, you're like, oh, that's cool. He's actually he put in these lines and these references to things that weren't necessarily in the book. And I love that. I do as well. I mean, let's see here if there's anything. We can wrap up. We could talk about this forever. <laughs> I, 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 we really could. And I mean, by the way, Brad, you're at this point based on just like talking about this. If you want to come back and talk about the two towers, I would love to have you and talk about the second one. And we can we can still talk about Fellowship of the Ring like this. I will talk about two towers and I will especially talk about how the fact that you should never watch the theatrical version of two towers. <laughs> We'll move on. I've had a good time. Hopefully you've had a good time today. Absolutely. Nobody good. can see it. I'm even wearing a Lord of the Rings t-shirt today. I'm all about this. I'll do this any day. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of fun. I don't do this as often as I would like, but in times in the past, I have done a little bit of a, a trivia and I think you would do really, really well at this, but, and this one is in a trivia that I made. So I'm kind of stealing this from Buzzfeed, but are you up for a little to be put on the hot seat and see how how you could do answering some Fellowship of the Ring trivia? I was hoping you would ask. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Three rings were given to elves. Nine rings were given to men. How many rings were given to dwarves? Seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone. <laughs> that is perfect. That is really, really great. Um, that is a correct, correct answer right there. Let's see. So question number two. Mm, that one's way too easy. I want to give you a harder one. I was going to say a lot of times you when you look for stuff like this, it's always real easy. So yeah, go these ahead. Are really, yeah, these dig, are really dig easy. Dig. Okay, dig deep, dig deep. Yeah. Like I said, I normally what I like to do is actually write my own questions, but for the sake of time, and I already knew that you'd be pretty well versed. I'm like, I'm not gonna take the time. He's already gonna know this shit. So in the book, Lorfindel saves Frodo from the clutches of the Nazgul. However, in the movie, it's this character. Arwen. Yeah, of course. Um <laughs> Much, much bigger role. The Arwen had yeah. a very little role in the book. Yeah, like, w wasn't Arwen more like in the appendices? I don't remember actually reading Arwen in Fellowship. She pops in, maybe in Rivendell, for a minute or two. Like, she might have a line or two in the book. And they reference her a couple times as Aragorn's, you know, you know, elf, you know, love, whatever, interest. But no, it's barely... 
fairly in the book. Because I thought the whole first time I read the trilogy, Arwen's mentioned so little, I thought for sure he was going to end up with Aowen. Because mm, mm-hmm. uh, the, the movies don't take that flirtation nearly as much as the books did. Yeah. But anyways, go ahead. Question number three. How many arrows is Boromir shot with by Lurts before Aragorn interferes? Oh, boy. How many arrows is he shot with? It's either three or four. And I'm thinking, I remember the first one. He gets back up. Second one, up, gets back up. Third one, on his knees, about to be shot with the fourth. Aragorn jumps in. Three. Three is correct. Three is correct. All right, here we go. Question number four. What is Aragorn's final line in the film? Do you want it? This is multiple choice if you want it. Uh, I, think, I think you're good. His final line in the film? Mm-hmm. Aragorn's final line in the film. Oh, in Fellowship. Man, I was thinking Return of the King. I was like, there's no way. I was thinking the whole thing. All right. <laughs> um, let's have some orcs. That is correct. That is correct. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the grid. So you're four for four just to see. Okay. All right. I want you to tell me the name of if you can hear this, if this works. Oh, this is an audio clue? Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll see. Well, if this doesn't work, then you're gonna go perfect four for four. But we're gonna see if you can hear this. But I want you to tell me the name of the band and the name of the song. But you're going to get a specific Lord of the Rings reference. Zeppelin Ramblon. All right, five for five. <laughs> it was more more than anything. It was an excuse for me to get a Led Zeppelin, like Lord of the Rings reference in there at some point. Yeah, people <laughs> might not have known that was there. Yeah, and that's that's a fun thing is the fact that like people didn't know that that Robert Plant was a big big Lord of the Rings fan and the Beatles as well. The Beatles as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a story at some point, and I'm going to get my facts off, uh, but there there was talk or something about the Beatles in some relation to Lord of the Rings, but I I, I can't remember the, the, the overall facts of that story. But if I remember correctly, they approached Stanley Kubrick and yes. tried, to, tried to get him to make it, and he said, it's not filmable. There's no yeah. way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, if I remember correctly, that was it. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I heard as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that you're we're on the same page. But can I pop quiz you? Uh shit. Well, I mean, you're gonna blow me out of the river, but I'm not you nobody's allowed to pop quiz the host. I know, that's why I'm doing it. I, okay. I have an exception to that rule. No, okay, I, just fair to, enough. 
I want you to make a guess just because the nerds and IMDb do facts for us that we never, uh, we never would expect to. Okay. What is the body count in fellowship of the ring? Take a guess. The body count. All right. Are we talking just humans? Are we talking humans orcs? I think we're talking uh, everybody you see on screen get cut oh, down. Shit. Okay. All right. You're not going to get it right, I'm sure, but I will tell you it is less than 150 and more than 100. 123. It's more just a fun fact for the audience. You're close. It's 118. Mm, I, I feel pretty good about that. I feel <laughs> yeah. really good about that. That was more just a fun fact for the audience. One last thing that I wrote down. I don't know why I wrote that down. I just thought it was interesting. So I, had Whatever, I was I was within five. I feel You're, really proud of that. That's good. Yeah. And uh, that's probably better than I would have done because I was kind of surprised when I seen that number. Okay. So a couple fun facts that these are easily Googleable. Googleable? Googleable. Um, fun facts that I, I think that we should that we should cover. We already briefly talked about Sean Connery. We talked about Aragorn, um, as far as Vigo Mortensen, other people that were looked at the role, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But did you know that Jake Gyllenhaal auditioned for the role of Frodo? I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. And apparently, because of the fact that he had to do an English accent and he can't really do a good one, didn't work out. So you had you had that. Um, you know, Lucy Lawless was considered for uh, for uh, Galadriel. Lucy <laughs> Lawless, like Xena. Xena, <laughs> Xena, that would have been something. Uh, Christopher Lee wanted to play wanted to play Gandalf because he apparently, until like he died at the age of ninety five, the myth goes that he like read Lord of the Rings like once a year, every year, like supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. He was a huge, huge fan of the series. And the only cast member to have actually met Tolkien in person. Yeah. Christopher Lee, amazing. Uh, Brett, from, for those that are Flight of the Concords fans, he makes a cameo. He's one of the elves when they go to Rivendell. So you get to see a young Brit from uh, Flight of the Concords, which is kind of fun. What yeah. else do we have? Uh, or, I mean, there, there, there are a ton of different things, but I just wanted to come come up with a few things that I thought were that were valid. Apparently, apparently, and I, I don't have this written down. I'm just basing it on information from 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 my memory. But it took it took what like a couple hours for them to put on like the prosthetic feet and the hair and everything for their hobbit yeah. feet, right? Do you have more information yeah. on that? Uh, I remember hearing that I think it was like five in the morning every day for like three, four hours. They had yeah. to. I, um, to put I on their feet. Remember to put Gimli on feet. More than the feet, yeah. I remember Gimli more than the feet because Gimli, John Reese davies who my, another one of my favorite facts is the tallest member of the Fellowship. Yeah, the tallest person in the Fellowship <laughs> plays the dwarf. <laughs> right. Um, but if I remember correctly, his, his prosthetics – um had a bad reaction with him and he couldn't film two days in a row so they had to alternate days of when he could film and he had about three hours worth of makeup as well but yeah the hobbits i was like four or five hours to put those feet on them and the thing is is they're i mean that was so meticulous to do things like that 
and they would just catch him in a shot here and there. It's not like we were even focusing on him, but the details had to be right for that split second it came across the screen. And that's the the attention to detail that they put into this movie and building the props and building the sets and things like that. And that's one thing I love as well. So I'm going to, I'm going to close with one final question to get you on a down note because you've been super, super high and super like positive this entire time. What don't you like about this movie? Um, let's see one thing that I don't like, I, mean, I already mentioned the, the Lego last stuff, but that's not a deal breaker. That's just kind of silly. Um, what I don't like, um, you might have to edit out a few ums here, but I'm going to come up with something. I know there's, I know there's something that I nitpick, uh, whenever I watch it. Um, I, I, I remember thinking it was kind of corny when Saruman and Gandalf are fighting and he does the spin thing and he spins him around in a circle. I remember thinking you know, that, that, I, that I just thought that looked kind of cheesy. Yeah. And, uh, then, then throwing him up to the roof, however he got to the roof. I don't know. What was yours? You about to say something? No, like this movie is darn near perfect. The the one thing that I don't like about this movie is the one thing that makes the most sense, and it's not having Tom Bombadil. I would have liked, I would have liked just a a cameo. But at the same time, if they would have done that, that would have been the thing I liked the least about this movie is getting Tom Bombadil because the character doesn't make sense, but yet right. it was a character that I thought was really interesting and fascinating, and was a complete shift of everything else that was going on. But when you look at it as a film, he doesn't make sense. And I got, I got one then the introduction of Mary and Pippin is kind of, that's kind of nowhere near what happens in the book. Just the, the, why would you light a firework, not in the ground in a tent like that? And, and, um, Cause that doesn't fit their character at any other time. I mean, Pippin is kind of the do- the dopey, like uh, clumsy one, but I still don't think that fits their character anymore after that moment. Yeah, no, that, that, that's really, really good. And you mentioned that and now just ties into a couple other things that I want to get into, but it's a conversation for a different time. Listeners, go out, watch the movie, watch like the how they made this movie, because there's a lot of like fascinating things. And what I, what I love about this is how Peter Jackson did a lot of like old school family tricks, you know, when it can't when it comes to making this movie, there wasn't yes, there was CG, but it wasn't in the same way that other films that were being done at that time, and certainly not the way that movies have been done now, camera angles to make Ian uh, McKellen looked taller than Frodo and just the way that they would position things. A lot of it, so much of this movie was just camera trickery. And I remember, just to interrupt you real quick, I remember being worried that the movie was being made too early. Like, our technology is not good enough for this yet. And I was worried it would be cheesy because of that. But then you look at, like, the Balrog and, you know, that looks better than, you know, some CGI that's coming out right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's so much to unpack. And I I applaud you and, and thank you for, you know, keeping this conversation to around 90 minutes or so. I have no idea at this point. But yeah. 
I mean, there's so many, there's so many things. The truth is, if you want to do a Lord of the Rings podcast, just what one episode, I mean, it's a three hour movie. This could easily be a five hour podcast, but trying to do a reader's digest version of just the key points of what you like, what are some of the memories, things like that. I think we've captured the main nuance. And I think that's what people want to hear is just a couple of people. What do you like about the movie? What are some things that stand out? You've already seen it. You just wanted to hear us and say what we didn't like and liked. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But Brad, hopefully this has been a good time for you because I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I've, I've missed chatting with you. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that uh, everything is going well for you. I'm, I'm so, I, I can't wait to hear more about these games, but this has been a freaking treat for me. So thank you for taking the time to chat with me, man. I'm glad I decided to just randomly drunken text you the other night and say, Hey, let's talk about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad too. What were you, what, uh, what do you, you know, you, you say drunken, what, uh, what do you like to drink? Uh, Captain Morgan. That's all. Captain I Morgan. Okay, cool. Yeah. And actually I just happened to stumble upon what I was writing earlier. The, the, stuff that we wrote i happened to stumble upon that and then i happened to see you post on facebook immediately after that so that's why i screenshotted it and sent it to you and that's why this is happening that's but, awesome so where where did you dig up the notebook uh well like i said i probably have six or seven notebooks with game design ideas and story ideas written in them mm-hmm. so i keep them and uh, just going through my closet and cleaning it up. And this is like my first notebook ever. Like I remember going to the exchange and buying this notebook right after I got on the ship saying, I need a notebook. And, you know, it's falling apart. Half the pages are falling out of it. And most of the information in here is, you know, just stuff I wrote while we were underway or, you know, you know, just things like that. And uh, yeah. Awesome. I lost my train of thought, but, <laughs> but yeah, that, it was just in my closet. Yeah. I just found it and I opened it up and I was like, that's Andy's handwriting. And uh, you might want to see that again. That was fun. That was, like it was fun. More, unexpected, unexpected, but fun. Yeah. More to talk about off air if you want. Yeah, buddy. All right. <laughs> and again, listeners, thank you very much for tuning into yet another, another episode. Hopefully you enjoy this every bit as much as I enjoyed chatting with Brad over the past hour. 20 hour 30 hour 40 i don't know hour 40 hour 40 it's been a good conversation hopefully you've enjoyed this as well and as always please like listen subscribe tell your friends all that fun stuff you know where to find me i'm on instagram facebook twitter etc i started a discord I, i i don't know what that how that works whatever i'm learning you know what i mean we're 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 getting there but I do appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you again. We now have over a thousand downloads on this podcast since we launched uh, late last year. So that's all a credit to you. And I'm, I'm extremely, extremely thankful. So let's, let's, let's continue to have fun. And if you want to be a a guest on this, uh, on this podcast, please reach out to me, shoot me an email, whatever, you know how to get in touch with me, stamper cinema podcast at gmail.com or Find me on Instagram, Stamper Cinema, Twitter, Stamper Cinema, wherever, Stamper Cinema, all that whole spiel. And until next time, have a good night. Brad, say good night to the good people. Good night, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.